Rangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my best friend, Kennedy. Yeah. And today, Kennedy's got a special guest for us. We've got Ian Thomas Malone, one of my favorite Twitter people, uh, a fellow Power Rangers stan, fellow podcaster, and just generally wonderful person and here we are i've been on your podcast to talk about power rangers now you've come to my home turf you're in my court this time (laughs) thank you so much for having me uh my name is ian thomas malone i am a transgender film critic comedian uh all sorts of stuff i host the yesterday illusions podcast and we have had a power ranger on the show we had archie ko from power rangers lost galaxy that's a really good one. Um, and we also had uh, a dr- guy who's directed some of the episodes, uh, Michael Hurst, who's probably more known to people. He was the co-star of... He's the non-Kevin Sorbo on Hercules' the Legendary Journeys, which is mostly known for having the show that's... Oh, on- my on- God. Zena Warrior Princess. Incredible um, name check. I might... He he hadn't directed the episodes when he was on... He was set to. This was, like, during COVID. I he is such a sweetheart. I really love Michael Hurst. He's a, he was absolutely everything. I, Archie, frankly, Ar- Archie, who we had him on in November, um, he's an ex- incredibly sweet man. Uh, really, really enjoyed him, and he, yeah, he's uh, he's very grateful to the Ranger community. And I mean, I it, it's it's fun to be here to talk about one of the newer seasons because you get you, you get you you understand why this fandom is so like diverse and is so like powerful still. 30 years later and stuff. Is Hercules and Xena like uh like common riders? Yeah, so I like, mean is that like Toku? <laughs> is that Toku? You know, Xena is a little Toku-esque. <laughs> I'd be down to recheck Xena. Hercules though, man, I remember that being such a snore. I can't believe I got an N64 <laughs> oh, no, too. It it Hercules <laughs> The funny thing about Hercules is like, and this is actually true of, of of that whole universe, is like Sam Raimi, who's doing the new Doctor Strange, like they're all still really, really tight. Like all the people who worked on all of those shows and they shared a lot of the same cast and stuff. Everybody is still tight except for Kevin Sorbo and they all hate him, which is just really funny. Like, it's really funny. I Hercules to me was like really... It got to be campier in ways that, like, I mean, I love Xena more, obviously, but, I mean, sometimes you got the melodrama, melodrama of the Gabrielle Xena thing, like, and, and Kevin Sorbo is too homophobic to ever get into any of that kind of stuff, so you get, like, a weird, you get, it's weird to see, like, a far-right person forced to do a campy show like that. I, I, it's aged, it's, 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 I wouldn't watch the show episodes that don't have Eolus, but it, it's definitely aged, it's interesting. I, I, yeah, I will you know, say I'd be interested to watch serious. those episodes that you recommend. <laughs> but I remember distinctively, distinctively being a kid and being like, I love Hercules, the animated film by Disney. Surely I'd love the live action shit because I love Power Rangers and I love Common Rider too when I was a kid, really small. So it was just like, oh, of course you would like Hercules. And I remember trying so hard to keep my eyes open. <laughs> and, I, and like, I would actively, actively try to like it. And, and I couldn't. 
I, I straight up couldn't. I remember watching like a 30-minute episode because I had nothing better to do with my life. I was a small little kid. I've already played almost every N64 game I had to some extent, right? And then it was just like, fuck, I got nothing better to do. Put on fucking WB11 and watch uh, Hercules. And, and coming out of that experience and just going, I wasted 30 minutes of my life. At the age of seven, like you don't get that. You really don't get that. I yeah. I you know what's so funny to me is that I also distinctly remember falling asleep watching Hercules as a child. And let me tell you something: I would stay awake watching anything when I was a kid. If there was any TV on, it would pretty much keep me awake unless it was just like total snooze fest. Like the only things that would make me fall asleep would be like the really boring British drama shows that would come on PBS late sometimes. I, I love those. Put on. I tell I did, I tell like, y'all like all the now, time. But... I tell y'all all the time I have terrible taste, all right? When I was a kid and I was that young around the time of like trying to watch Hercules actively, <laughs> Batman the animated series, I sleep. Mobile Suit Gundam, I fucking sleep. Ah. It literally took up until Endless Waltz. It took up until Endless Waltz for the Gundam to have angel wings. For me to be like, oh, okay, Gundam's actually pretty pog. <laughs> and yeah. what happened immediately after that? G Gundam. <laughs> this explains my amazing taste in everything. <laughs> this really explains some stuff, folks. I hope you I listeners I are taking notes right now. <laughs> I think I've calmed down. I was laughing. You know, I can't, def I'm not going to defend her. Fuck Kevin Sorbo. Um, yeah, I mean, no. no Nothing you said was really wrong. It, it's campy. I don't know. It's I. I would rewatch it. it as an adult. I think as a kid, your expectation is it's it's the Hercules show. Like Grab was saying, it's gonna be fun. Well, and they it's share like, a lot. It's not really fun in a kid kind of way. Well, they share a lot of common DNA um, with Power Rangers. I mean, I I talked about this with Michael. Like, um, we don't see a ton of shows like that anymore. Especially as the Arrowverse shows, even they're starting to kind of tone back on it. The amount of non-sort of prestige television, peak TV kind of stuff that is doing multiple action sequences. And I think that at the diminishing, the, there's so many fewer, like there used to be a lot of Xena and Hercules knockoffs back in the day. And Power Rangers mm -hmm. is kind of cut from the same cloth. And there aren't that many of those types of shows anymore that do that so i think a lot of the older fans who love that kind of lighthearted fantasy sci-fi kind of genre they don't really have a ton of other places to go even star trek i mean that's kind of why they're making the new strange new worlds one they they you need to give something that isn't trying to be you know peak tv that kind of stuff and that's well then you just get stuff like netflix's riverdale right that's on uh the cw um, well, CW, I mean, the CW is, is kind of okay, like... Okay, but Riverdale's good, though. Let's not drag Riv Riverdale into this. <laughs> it had, it had, yeah, I, I like Riverdale. The first season was really, really, really good. I don't yeah, think the first ever, season. Yeah, not, 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 not to get too off subject, but... Yeah, I mean, it's nice to... TV's gotta be... I mean, I've, I've been on a huge Big Brother binge of watching, like, the Australia version and the Canada version. People are like, oh, you know, I've been pitching you trying to get you to watch my serious film for uh, months now, and you 
don't do that, and I see you watch Big Brother Canada, and it's like, well, the host of that follows me on Twitter. You don't. No, so Big off. Brother Canada's <laughs> freaking pog. What you mean? <laughs> That's easy. Big Brother Canada is way better than Big Brother US. If only because it's less, um, they'll actually like play storylines out and let like players be way more natural in the Canada one. Also, they give them alcohol. What? It's so messy. I love it. Big (laughs) Brother Canada rules. It's a great season right now. That's Aaron currently is fantastic. It's it is. You're you're right. It's a much better the game. I got really weirded out once COVID happened. I'm like this. They should they should have canceled this show. Like what? Why is it still going? They did eventually, but yeah. The Australia one is the one that like expedited the process and actually did finish, which is weird. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it. It, that one's definitely not as good as the yeah. American, but the Canada one is way better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canada. I stopped at six. Uh, I gotta, I gotta watch the later one. Sorry, Can- I really like Big Brother Canada. It's, it's no, it's, it's like fantastic. people do it. Like, like the I don't think you understand. Like Big Brother Canada's payout is so low compared mm-hmm. to the United States. Like the United States pays out five hundred grand to yeah, the like winner one, of like Big Brother United St- uh, of the BBUS. But for Big Brother Canada, it's just a hundred grand. That's yeah. all you're is, getting. Is it is it a hundred grand Canadian dollars? Because that's Canadian like, dollars. Yeah. That's yeah. The yeah. One. It's not taxed. The United get- States one is taxed. The the Canadian one isn't, but it's still less money. But, you but get, yeah, um, you get the uh, you get ten thousand dollars in winners in sports in in apparel. That's in Canada. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not nothing. And or like, um, it's, it's like moving supplies, like furniture. They'll get like furniture deals and shit like that. Yeah. So basically, what you're doing is is that they've created an environment where people are doing it for the love of the game. They do. And they it's, always it's talk about gameplay, a lot of and like great, social yeah. dynamics and shit. It is. Like, if there's any non-Toku recommendation I can do, and you just want to see reality television that can be really trashy, but also it's like, like, they fucking go hard on the gameplay, get yourself a VPN and get Big Brother Canada, because that shit is so good. They like that. I, I talked with Arissa Cox last week. She's fantastic. Um, it's a, it, Yeah, it's a great show. Paris is my favorite player. I love her, and I've and I've watched like a lot of the big seasons from from. And I I'm a big like uh, Dan Geesling fan. I, I, I'm a very big Dan Geesling fan. I don't think he's the best to have ever done it, but I do think like his funeral or no, not the funeral, the roulette, yeah. the roulette in season ten was like just phenomenal social gameplay that was better than anything I had ever seen on television. And it goes completely under the radar because Dan's funeral is like prestige television, right? And like everybody was like, oh, that was like at first people were like, wait, is this scripted? Is this scripted? And everybody was like, nah, actually, like he just did this shit right off the cuff. And like that was just that was just an incredible moment. But I still think his his roulette one was the biggest moment. Anyways, yeah, Paris is definitely my favorite player of all time of Big Brother. I think she had a great six run. Folks, I don't know what happened. Hey, this I, don't what know happened. What, I don't know what's going on I, anymore. It's a deep cut. It's a, <laughs> such a deep cut. Like, very I know, I'm trying to relate know what to I'm the talking about, right but now, it's so though. good. I apologize. <laughs> I, 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 I apologize. I take responsibility. No, no, this is fine. <laughs> we, we I never this. get to talk about Big Brother with anybody, like, except my wife. And we've already time. done this discourse. 
It's fine. We never stay on topic. We're terrible. Um, whatever. Uh, I do want to. You know say, who's kind of messy? I think <laughs> you know who's kind of messy. This show. Um, <laughs> Heckle. You know. <laughs> and Snide. Um, I do want to say, like, there is too much media that's like trying to be prestige or serious when it doesn't need to be. I wanted to like hit on that point from earlier. Uh, not losing it completely. It and I did want to say that I think that the Power Rangers are kind of taking a good tact with the current revival plans because the current plan is that there will be both a more adult prestige Power Rangers show and a regular Power Rangers show and they will be separate but have overlapping elements so that they tie into the same universe a little bit. Hmm. Um, which I think is like kind of a strong move possibly and i honestly kind of wish more franchises would consider things like this rather than <laughs> you say this at uh, like a very interesting moment because disney just censored captain falcon and the winter soldier right like they just took out a bloody scene to take out think, the blood i think they just put it back but yeah they yeah which is only odd. after controversy though they it, still made yeah. that decision and it's like that's a Disney. They didn't censor the Netflix stuff, but they did censor the thing that was actually made for Disney Plus. So it's a very odd situation. Very odd situation. But think about if, like, if they did take this tact with more of these properties, especially like superhero properties and things like that, rather than just everything's dark and gritty and serious. Okay, clearly some people like that, and you can keep making that. But what if you also made like fun Batman again? Uh, you know, for, yeah. Uh, we are finally starting to see that, and I've been a I, my my show in twenty nineteen did one of our Pride episodes on Batman and Robin because that's one of the gayest that is the gayest superhero movie ever made, um and Joel Schumacher did that on purpose and the homoerotic toy commercial I love him for it yeah it's beautiful <laughs> stuff all right before I, we get any further into crazy rabbit holes yes. I'm trying. Ian. We're definitely going to be getting into some homo, into some homoeroticism for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're definitely. I I want to get I into not, yeah. these episodes because yeah, there's. <laughs> it, this is a homoerotic. Yeah, I think honestly, every male character on, on this season could be gay. It it has that vibe to a certain extent. Uh, Tyler, so Coda is pan. Tyler's Tyler is bi and just bi, discovered yeah. that he's also into women recently hmm. See, that, makes, that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah because yeah, like the way he talks about shelby too it's very like innocent almost yeah it's like dang this is my first crush on a girl but also like he doesn't seem like he's inexperienced in the ways of love per se i don't know there's a weird vibe <laughs> there <laughs> um but yeah there's there's some stuff going on so ian <clears throat> Before we get into these episodes, what's your general experience with the Power Rangers? Did you watch it growing up? Uh, what made you start, you know, having a fascination with it again as an adult, etc.? So I have been a fan of the P Power Rangers since uh, I was born in 1991. So I was really, when I was growing up, that was basically like the first wave of Power Ranger Mania. I remember going to see the movie when it came out. I actually, I have a very close connection with the Power Rangers as a transgender woman because Tommy, with his long hair, was really probably one of the first examples of 
I mean, we can call it we can call his long hair gender nonconformity. I guess would probably be the most sort of accurate. I mean, you don't see a lot of long haired boys, um, and I especially I just, at that I, time. I think people forget how much more controversial it was. Like people did make comments about like, oh, Tommy's yeah. long hair. You know? Well, he may have turned also, me, like he may have turned me trans. So I mean, it's possible that happened. No, I'm <laughs> it's slightly problematic just because Tommy was playing a Native American that season. That's right. That's right. He, yeah, he had his arrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh... Damn it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go on. Well. I mean, so I, I really loved, I watched all of the, I probably, I think In Space was really the last one that I watched with, with strong regularity. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, pre-DVR, pre-YouTube, pre-streaming. I had other things to do. Like, you have a lot of, you, you, you've got school, you've got, and first of all, you don't get to make your calendar because you're like six years old. So, um, wasn't around. Uh, but I always loved it. It was always, going back to what we were saying about like peak TV or something, like, Television should be comforting, and we don't see that a lot. Like, the streaming era, so many episodes are just sort of, like, filler, and you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, it, I feel like you're getting less diminishing. I mean, the, the, the returns are a bit diminishing in elsewhere, whereas Power Rangers, you're getting consistent entertainment. You sit down, you know exactly what you're getting, and they've been doing this for years and years and years, and it's over the top. It's extremely campy. Um, it's also very satisfying. You sit down on the couch. You maybe you have a cup of tea. Maybe you have a little puff of something. Um, you sit down. You want to be entertained. That's the role of television. Television, in my opinion, if you go back to Theodore Adorno, the culture industry, uh, we can apply Marx to Power Rangers, all of that kind of stuff, and say, hey, you know, the use value of this needs to be enter it's entertaining because the the peak art. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't the Mona Lisa, you know, this HBO, this grimdark stuff. It'll get Hugh Grant his Emmy, but does anyone else care? Will it be remembered fondly later is a big question that I ask about some of that kind of media, too. Because it's like, I think we see that more and more where these shows come out and that people are like, oh my god, this show is... Like, uh, Mr. Robot is, like, a great example, I think, of one that, like, when it, when it first came out, people were like, this is the new super gritty intense thriller you absolutely have to be watching with incredible acting and characters and blah blah and nobody gives a shit about mr robot anymore because actually it was pretty crappy television i watched a lot of it and i came away with it with a pretty sour taste in my mouth by the end where i didn't even want to finish it and in fact i did not um uh and let me tell you something when you're like more than halfway through a show and then you don't finish it, that's bad for me personally. Like that's interesting. That I mean, that's, that says something. As a, that's a horrible one. Um I mean, that, <laughs> one, that, that one got really done. Because I did that for heroes. I think like I finished season one and then I watched season two and then I watched like I think part of season three or something like that. And then I was like and quit out there. I'm kind of used to getting, like, screeners. Like, when you do a, a review of a TV season, you typically get, like, the first three or four episodes. So I'm often, like, you know, you get those, like, a month before the season comes out. And they, sometimes they give, you, they give you more screeners as they become available. Sometimes they don't. It kind of depends. I mean, some of the networks do that a lot. Some don't. 
Um, so sometimes it'll have been like two months since I've seen an episode when like a one that I haven't seen is actually like available. So I'm used to like forgetting about that shit all the time. Like there's plenty of seasons I've just watched that I thought were good that I gave good reviews for and then never watched past what I was supposed to watch. <laughs> Pretty incredible because it leads us to Dino Supercharge. And much like Power Rangers just absolutely pulling concepts from out of nowhere we seem to have gotten uh jack frost from the tim allen santa claus universe <laughs> i i cannot figure out exactly what heckles trying to do that actor with that accent like it it he definitely feels like he's from the late 1800s but does he live in london or chicago i don't think he knows because like He's all over the place with like the accent and even to an extent, just like the way he portrays the character. I don't, we'll get into this more, I'm sure. But like, this is, this is a defining feature of these opening episodes is we have a new villain, Heckle slash Snide. And uh, this is an odd villain. I like it. It's very interesting. I like it because I think steampunk guys are cringe, so I do want to watch one get punched. He yeah. does portray the punchable face very, <laughs> very nicely. They're kind of at home too in that like set the like, the spaceship. It kind of looks like something out of like a two thousand syndicated sci-fi show, like a Farscape or an Andromeda or that kind of stuff. It 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 all the cringe steampunk. It looks. Uh, I, I like the this the sets the sets I'm. I was really glad to tune into a one of the newer, I mean, newer, I mean, 2015. God, that is a long time ago. Um, it was really nice to see, like, that some of the sets are updated, and yet at the same time, a lot of them look like they were from a, a very bygone era of television, kind of like the Hercules era. <laughs> yeah, there's a little randomness to it. There's a little camp. It's fun. Overall, this this intro starts off strong, so... Uh, if you've already listened to our season review of Dino Charge, you kind of know how it ends. And things pick up, like, pretty close to the ending in a lot of ways. Uh, and they even give you a little recap just to remind you of how things sort of left off. It's actually a pretty good recap. Power Rangers isn't always good at this. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to somebody actually thought about this recap and <laughs> did a good job. Uh, so we get a little recap about what happened um, so basically, uh, you know, they think that Sledge is defeated because his ship went down in flames and he seemed to have died in, uh, the final moments. Um, the Rangers won the battle and, uh, kind of went back to their normal lives somewhat. Obviously, Coda and Sir Ivan both being from the past, uh, in different ways, didn't have regular lives to go back to. And so they just kept working with Kendall at the CIA or whatever the hell actually funds her. That's basically where we've left off. And then uh, we get a little bit more just like look into recap and where things are, are now because Tyler's writing in his journal when we find him. Uh, something that he does from time to time. And he is, uh, you know, it's a convenient plot device and they don't really overuse it. So I pretty much... I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, so Tyler is kind of like, yeah, you know, I miss being a Power Ranger. It was fun. I don't know. Wonder what's going to happen in this show. Uh, <laughs> back on the ship, though, which 
we have to talk about this because why didn't the Rangers secure the ship? When they're wrapping everything up in the finale, it just really seems like Kendall should have been like, hey, everybody, okay, um, we're, we're mostly done, but we got to go secure the wreckage of the ship. She's drunk with all, power. First of all, you would think that you would do this if for no other reason that because it's, it's freaking dangerous for like a random person to potentially just come across this crashed alien ship full of dangerous technology. I wonder if they did do that. Let's say they did like do an operation to secure the ship. What, how would that be portrayed if not like the Rangers going in there and blasting? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, like if we explored that, it would it would look very kind of gruesome. No, no, no. You can make it would be cool. like kill them all. You can make this cool. <laughs> First of all, you get to the ship and everyone's basically dead. Convenient plot device. Okay. And then and then you do uh what was the uh Robotech. You do Robotech where it's like a city springs up around this ship full of scientists and then like season 2 at the start of season 2 it's like that's where we're at is like Kendall lives in this like science colony that like exists around and inside this alien ship studying all of its technology so that they could eventually build one. That would be cool. You went pretty far with it. <laughs> I was surprised you came up with that on the fly. Well, it's, it's was a very lot impressive. of Robotech, basically. <laughs> like, this alien ship crashes on this island, and then uh, they re like humans realize, like, hey, this is our chance to study technology that we will never develop on our own in the same time frame, period. Like, you know, if, if we try to develop this technology on our own, it's going to take us hundreds more years. Whereas, like, we could just study it, and literally this whole city gets built around the alien ship because it's like there's, you know, thousands of the world's best scientists just all live there, and then there's a whole economy and, you know, infrastructure to support that, etc. I think it would be interesting, but I think if you try to make it into the sense of a tokusatsu where the enemies, they have to reuse villains from previous episodes for these plots, it becomes a lot harder to integrate that sort of plot line in there. In which Except case, it's much we easier. Have a, two seasons in a row with a unique American villain. Right, but not everything is like uniquely, quote-unquote, American uh, slice-of-life footage, right? I know, but I'm just, I'm just frustrated that the finale, they left that hanging, and then a, we get here, and it's like... Wow, they really should have done something about this. Because here's the thing. Sledge's ship was full of, like, the worst criminals in the galaxy. True, true. Right? And uh, apparently, they're just getting to do what they want now. And this guy, Heckle slash Snide, he's in charge. So Heckle slash Snide has, like, a multiple personality. Sometimes I'm a tokusatsu monster. Sometimes I'm a annoying steampunk guy who won't leave you alone at the bookstore uh, kind of thing going on. And I he's mean, in charge now. It would have been really cool if we had like sort of like a uh, remember that episode in Lost Galaxy where all of a sudden it was like aliens, Power Rangers edition. Uh, mm -hmm. Wouldn't it have been cool if we saw like an Operation Secure the Ship episode in the beginning of Dino Supercharge? That would and be cool. like they go to to secure the ship, um, and you know they basically just say whoever wants to leave can leave through like the transportation pods. 
Um, and they only fight whoever's like trying to like kill them or whatever because they're like, ah, you got me in here in the first place. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then Snide drives them out or something yeah. like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that could have worked for sure. That could have worked. <clears throat> anyway, this intro is a little messy, is what we're getting at <laughs> by yeah. being messy about it. Um, so uh, yes, uh, uh, Snide slash Heckle. They declare that they're in charge now. Um, both separately and kind of together. First, Snide comes out, um, but then Snide transforms into Heckle, the steampunk guy. And uh, Heckle, at first, is kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, if you don't want... I, I'm going to fight the Power Rangers and take their Energems. If you don't want to be a part of that, though, you can just leave. Um, first, he serves tea, though. I just want to draw attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, you got all those people who stand. I'm thinking of the uh, Power Rangers Turbo and the cramped submarine that's got to smell like fart. Um, you know, it'd be nice if they put out a spread. Yeah, <laughs> I think villains when they're announcing their plans should put out a spread more. There's a Mystic Force villain in here. Is there really? Yeah, fun little fun little uh thing that we noticed is uh, Necroli, the queen of the vampires from Mystic Force, is just hanging out at these parties. So I guess yeah. Saban still had that outfit kicking around or something. <laughs> when, he it, when he bought the property back from Disney, they, they, they gave him that one. That was yeah. a good season, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I remember that one. That's the one where Rita is supposed to be the mystic mother or something? Is it? Or do I have it right? No, uh, that's a different thing. That's a different time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of shit that goes on. This Thirty years where uh, they're uh, Harry Potter. Ah, yeah. Hopefully, minus some of the other things that come with uh, that that realm. Minus some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was bracing for that. <laughs> so, uh, one of the one of the uh, Toku monsters is like, "All right, well, I don't want to stay." And tries to leave, and Heckle blows him up, and is like suddenly crazy, and is like he was a traitor. Any anyone anyone who tries to betray us has to die. And yeah, the like, fact oh, that like okay. this was like an on-screen kill is pretty crazy. Like Heckle yeah. just straight up murked him. There yeah, was no, was... there was no. Oh, he got sent to the shadow realm or something like that. No, that that dude died. Yeah, that guy's dead. I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I feel like Power Rangers at this point, at least, I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but the way that this, that these two episodes were structured, it did, it did, it did seem like this is a show that knows how many people watching are longtime fans, which I, I appreciated as, as somebody who's, you know, more familiar with other Power Rangers seasons. You know, you yeah, this, 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 uh, I think Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge now to some extent. Uh, definitely plays into like, hey, this is for the kids, but also if you've been a fan, you know, you get the vibe. Yeah, you know the vibe. I mean, something that I'm really into. I always get annoyed. I, I always, I always really, as somebody who makes a lot of content in nostalgic spaces and dealing with old shows, these people are like, oh, the good old day, and it's kind of like, all right, let's like. Mighty Morphin is not a format that can ever be replicated. And, and these episodes, it felt like the actors were very... I mean, this is the second season. This is a super, super dino charge. Um, 
but they're very comfortable with each other and there's not it didn't feel like an after school special type thing that a lot of the early power rangers i mean it's it's a script that no it's a format that's very settled into itself i i i it feels weird to call like a Power Ranger episode like confident or whatnot, but it just has like a film critic that it 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 definitely it knows what it is and that's appreciated. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This this is this is kind of solid in most respects, and I mean, uh, great, yeah, it definitely knows what it is. And great, <laughs> I mean the cat the the cast chemistry is is very very apparent right from the start that they're that this is a group that likes each other. More importantly. I mean, you, when you're dealing with, like, there's nothing worse than, like, a Power Ranger actor. When I had Archie on, he was, like, kind of talking, like, he wasn't, he did, he, he kind of said, basically, that he, he wished, he, or he didn't really realize what Power Rangers would, like, grow to, I mean, who would? But, like, you get the kind of sense that the actors are all, like, very happy to be on Power Rangers. I, I'm always, like, with this kind of campy stuff, it always boils down to how, how willing the actors are to come in and play ball. So that's really appreciated. Yeah, they're having a good time here a lot. So uh, at the at the museum, Kendall gets a letter from Shelby, and Shelby is off to business college. Coda and Sir Ivan are still like working the grill and stuff and hanging out. Um, and uh, we zoom around and we see what some of the other rangers are up to. Uh, we also see Shelby leave for college. Uh, and, uh, she's still, like, a little reluctant. She's still a dinosaur kid. She'd rather be studying fossils, but her parents want her to study business. Uh, we see Chase is just, uh, hanging out in New Zealand, skateboarding, etc. But then we start to see some of these, uh, familiar characters are getting, something's happening to them. They're getting attacked by a monster while they're just trying to live their lives. So uh, something is clearly going on. Tyler has a suspicious flat tire that seems to be caused by icicles. And he calls Kendall. And he says, hey, Kendall, something strange is going on. And then the phone call ends. Dun, dun, dun. Tyler seems to be attacked. So, this like, seems to happen to Tyler often. <laughs> Like, Tyler just can't really go on his uh, Jeep Wrangler anywhere. Oh, also, that. Tyler <laughs> has very little, like, just, like, random perceptual awareness type <laughs> skills. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, his sense danger abilities are lacking. I, I drive a Jeep Wrangler. I was really uh, jealous by that car, though. Mine's a green one. That red car, that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really nice one, except he always gets attacked in it. I, that's the car to get attacked. I mean, you know what? It's not that not that putties or those or the grunts have come at me, but I mean, that's the car you want to get attacked in. <laughs> the Jeep Wrangler, the car you want to get attacked in. <laughs> you don't want to. Uh... A lot of my dates recently have all drive, driven the same Acura that's just a different color. It's just really funny. I'm like, this isn't gay. Apparently, this is gay culture, this car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to get off topic. <laughs> get get attacked in a Jeep, though. That's not going to get attacked. <laughs> in, in the if, 2015 Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> be gay in it or get attacked in it. Either one. It's going to work out. 
That Jeep <laughs> looks a lot different. Mine's a 2013. That's yeah, that's weird. That's fascinating. <laughs> that's really off topic. Well, I'd rather talk about Hercules and cars. I know nothing about cars. <laughs> um. <laughs> So something's going on. But before we get into the fully something's going on territory, there's also one more important scene where Kendall is interviewing a new waiter for the cafe who is Heckle, who is trying to worm his way into Ranger World. Right? Some, somehow, this is interesting because somehow he knows that working at the museum will help him find the Rangers, but he doesn't really know who the Rangers are. There's like... Some little explanation that never really got added to the story here. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, and also, uh, Heckle and Kendall had had this previous encounter in Dino Charge in the 19th episode towards the end. And uh, she's almost hit by a car and Heckle saves her life. Yeah. So uh, she's like, oh my god. You're that guy who saved my life at one time. I never got to thank you. Do you want a job? We're finally addressing this plot point. <laughs> I mean, because this was kind of like a dropped plot point literally up until this episode. Props to them for like working it into the end of the last season a little bit, you know? Yeah. So they were thinking ahead. That's cool. Yeah. Give, let me give you a job because you're you saved my life. That's pretty much the scene. And uh, Heckle's like, hey, 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 this will help me get closer to the Power Rangers. Hey, hey, hey. All according um, to Keikaku. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So then the Rangers get attacked, and uh, Kendall has to head off because she gets that weird fo- phone call from Tyler. The next thing we discover about Kendall is that she's just tracking. She's just tracking the Rangers, I guess. Or something. She's, she's just tracking like, energy. She's just like she's just like this is the last location that I had for Tyler on the GPS or something like that. As like oh, they, yeah, as they, like, right. they roll up where his car is. Very weird. And uh, wait, did she? Oh, when when she sent them out on summer break, essentially <laughs> at the end of Dino Charge, uh, did she like give them like a tracker or something like that? Maybe. I don't know. It's a little obscure. Anyway. <laughs> I just usually, you know, these people, these, they, they invent like the, po- the thing that she was concocting in the second episode on the chemistry set. And I'm like, you know, this thing hasn't been peer reviewed. You know, it's supposed to go through a bunch of committees. You just done it in five minutes. I mean, it's a classic, classic Power Rangers. I usually just take that with. Uh... She's they the do... Purple Ranger. She knows Think what she's about... doing. Think about how many like diseases they could cure if like it just it was integral to the plot episode to do it. You know, you're uh, not yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to joke with Star Trek Voyager like the way that they could get the ship home was that that had to be the plot of the episode because it would just be resolved at the end. You know what's funny? Captain <laughs> Planet did that. There's yeah. a Captain Planet episode where. Uh, like a a famous like high school basketball player, uh, got a blood transfusion through the villain of the week, huh. uh, and was like HIV positive or something like that. And you'd figure like at the end of the episode, Captain Planet would heal him or any of that stuff. Nope, 
<laughs> there was no there was no kid goes back to normal and it's like uh and i remember that always stuck with me i was like wow that doesn't go away huh you don't just wake up it's pretty it was pretty uh intense a little bit just because like it was sort of treated as like a normal captain planet episode but then like it didn't have the resolution you thought it would have that's life for you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't want, they, I guess they didn't want to like lead kids astray. They respect it as like a yeah. serious topic. I mean, that's kind of why I always like the end. Some people think the ending of Turbo sucks. I love, like, I wish that more seasons would end with them, like, not, you know, you don't get to win every time. That's life. Important, valuable lesson. You know, power, like, good does not always prevail over evil. We live in a cruel world. Yeah. I I mean yeah. the the end to Turbo is actually pretty good, yeah. One of the very few good things of. Yeah. They, got rid of they got rid of the little boy too. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no more. Justin. And the pizza episode. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I like yeah. I mean, that's kind of I I don't know the fight. What I like to also about these episodes, I mean, you've got like the, I mean, it's a, it's a young cast. They don't have like a really, they have the one, the one costume person whose name I'm forgetting, uh, made only a brief appearance. Uh, the Watcher. Yeah, yeah, like the kind of got like a, like a no just, animated lips. Yeah, like y- Yandy.com, like Jim Henson's production, like that kind of. If I don't know <laughs> how many people get that reference, um, that's a cheap, cheap. <laughs> Cheap laundry website. It's uh, what's the one? Uh, there's a cheap wish.com. Yeah, wish.com. Jim Henson. That would be a better reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got these young casts. They're fun. I don't know. I, I, I I'm a, probably a little out of my element in like a non-Zordon era Power Rangers, but it's nice. It's not, I, I feel like the kids have something good to rally around with with this group. They're younger and and they're they're productive. I mean, it's it's unrealistic uh, views on how the scientific method works, but I mean, a five year old does not need that. They're, they'll have the whole life ahead of them to learn learn how to get uh, COVID vaccine approved and that kind of stuff. I think the the important part about this segment of the episode and why we're kind of talking about like the enthusiasm that comes off of the Rangers is that essentially at the end of Dino Charge, they were kind of just like, hey, you defeated the villain. I'm going to keep your Energems in case anything happens. You know, go live your life for a little while until danger sprouts up again. Um, And so you get kind of treated to these sorts of like, what have they been doing this whole time? Yeah. Sort of, sort of deal. And uh, it all seemed pretty believable for the most part, right? Like Tyler, you know, was still searching for his dad. He was saying he was going to do that. Obviously still is. Uh, Shelby uh, is a businesswoman or studying to be a businesswoman. There was a very interesting quip between Coda and what was his name? Night Dude? Sir Ian? Sir Ivan. Sir Ivan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coda was like, what's businesswoman? And then Sir Ivan was like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's be excited anyways, because that's our friend. They're from the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 
that that those sequences were very interesting to watch. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is a lot of weird shit going on in this episode. Yeah. You really... This is it. <laughs> Dino Charge has been so bizarre, and Super Dino Charge just really wanted to kick it off with more weirdness. Yeah. yeah. But it's Coda. Coda's uh, from prehistoric age. Sir Ivan's from medieval times. Uh, Chase, still chasing after women, not realizing that he's really into Riley. Uh, Riley is, uh, has been a farmhand this whole time. Since they've been away, and then I think that's it, right? For the five rangers? Because Coda and Sir Ivan were at the restaurant waiting tables. Yeah, and then that's basically it, yeah. Graphite Ranger is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, Prince Philip is just doing his thing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't show up till the very end of the episode, but I, actually, I, I'm going to save all that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, you might have guessed it. The rangers are all getting attacked by Ice Age. Ice Age is back. From the first episode of Dino Charge. Yeah, he's come back twice now. This is his second time to come back. So oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a he's a real recurring villain and he's kind of a badass. Yeah, honestly, I've like I kind of hate that. Like I've watched a couple of common rider seasons now that do that. Where like the season is like 50 episodes long, but they decided to recycle villains from the earlier parts of the season. And it's kind of like, ah, come on, I know you can beat this villain. But honestly, Ice Age has caught bodies, or like almost caught bodies of the Rangers multiple times now. So he's pretty effective. Yeah. And he's got one of the coolest names still. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Ice Age is back. He's fighting with the Rangers. Um, and uh, so at this point, you know, he's fighting with uh, Kendall, Ivan, and Coda. Uh, they didn't bring their Energems with them because, I don't know, they're fucking stupid, I guess. Um, and um, <laughs> uh, they don't do a great job of explaining that. Just move on, okay? Just move on. Kendall and Ivan get frozen, but Coda is able to slip away at the last second while being frozen. He has some kind of secret technique that he won't reveal to us, the viewers. <laughs> um... Because he does not exactly show or explain what he does. He just sort of slips away at the last second, leaving behind his hoodie um, uh, and gets back to the base. Um, he's trying to contact anyone else that he can, but uh, he can't contact anybody. He's trying to operate the computers because, you know, they have a scanner for Energems. Um, but uh, he can't do that either. None of this stuff makes sense to him. Um, and uh, someone comes into the base, and at first Coda's worried, but it's Tyler! Thank goodness! Tyler actually evaded Ice Age back there. Coda explains to him the situation that, you know, they went to look for him and things got bad. Um, and then he explains some stuff about his past and his traumas around ice. Coda was frozen in the ice for a long time, and he's not a big fan of ice. He's afraid to deal with this ice situation. And Tyler's like, listen, we have to save our friends. We have no choice. Um, also, okay, back to the secret ice technique. Tyler's like, you got to teach me your secret to evade the ice attack. Again, we don't see the teaching of it. We don't see what it is. Whatever this technique is, it's forbidden to be shown on camera. 
<laughs> yeah. It's the substitution jutsu from Naruto? I guess. <laughs> so uh, they hatch a plan where they find Ice Age, um, they morph into their Power Rangers suits, Ice Age freezes what he thinks is them, but it's just the suits, and then they blast them with their guns, their Power Rangers guns that they have this season. Those guns, honestly, like, part of the fun of Power Rangers is that some of, like, the Zord sequences have literally been made with toys. I mean, those guns look like they just went to, they ran out of the props and went to Target to get them. Those were very cheap looking. I love them. I love, I love them so much. <laughs> when they uh, fan the barrel and it does the sparks, oh, so good. It was, yeah, it was definitely, it was fun. I was looking, I was like, oh, this is the Power Rangers I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know you want the toy. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think it behooves them to make, like, as a child, it always really, one of my friends had the Dragon Zord and the Saba, and I, I, I never found them in a store, and I really, I wanted to beat him and take them. I didn't, though, because I'm a good person. I did buy the, the Zeo Gold Power Staff. Oh, my God, that's a good one. I, I said that with my Zeo toys on my desk now. Oh my god, that's a beauty. Oh, that's a beauty. Oh my god. Zio Zio's my all-time favorite, so that 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 really thank you for showing me that. Zio's magical. Um I love Jason. Yeah. Love Jason that season. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. What well, one thing that I really was interested about with these guys, I mean, it's a big cast. There's a lot of them. Like, and you think, like, yeah, this is a two-parter to start the season, but, I mean, like, it, I, it felt like they were giving people, a, like, everybody was getting a chance, and, like, that, that is something with, with regard to Jason in, in Zio. Maybe the one complaint is, like, they only did a couple episodes that are really, like, into him being back and as the Gold Ranger. Like, that only happened a couple of times. And he wasn't in, like, that many of them either. He was only in, like, I don't know, like, 15 or so, maybe a little more. So I mean, yeah, it's it's it was interesting when I saw how many Rangers there were in the credits. I was like, that shit, that's too many, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big Ranger season. Yeah, they really Rangers. went for it. They really went for it. It's because like normally the the seventh and eighth Ranger in a season is like, here's the seventh Ranger for an episode. Yeah. Here's the eighth ranger for an episode or two. You know, this one, they're just kind of like, actually, a lot of them are like an integral part of the show. They they all get a couple minutes of screen time. They get plot development. They get character development. Makes you wish that RPM had had a little more of this once the cast got big, you know? Because that was one of our only complaints about that was that there was a little bit of messiness once the cast got huge. Yeah. Uh, they handle it pretty well here. Pretty good. Uh, they use the technology that Kendall originally used to uh, unfreeze everybody else from the ice. Uh, or sorry, they, Kendall, Kendall had originally used to unfreeze Coda from the ice to unfreeze everybody else. Uh, they give everybody back their energems, and they all turn into Power Rangers and start fucking going to town on these monsters. Woo! It's Power Rangers time again. Uh, there's a bunch of fighting. They form a Megazord. Uh, they head back to base, and then uh, Prince Philip shows up. This further confirms that, like, 
Prince Philip must live on an island a couple hours away or something, right? From like our previous theorizing about where Xandar is. Yeah. Uh, because it's like he, he wasn't available for any of this immediately. But like he was available by the end of the day. So it's like, yeah, he can't be that far, but he has to be like, he's like maybe four hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, it's very funny. Cause when he showed up, I was like, this is the sailor moon meme, right? <laughs> <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> but <you did> nothing. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Honestly, in a way. Yeah. It very much felt like that. Um, <laughs> Not really too much to say about the kaiju fight. Uh, I will say they kind of go over Koda's backstory even more so this episode. Not because tons, though. It's still like, it's still a little lacking. Like we need like that picture of like Koda's actual like home life and existence or something. You know? I think it's in Tyler when they meet up together again. And she's all like, I missed you. Wait, no, I'm, I missed all of you. Right. When she says that, the scene then transitions to all of them being in the in the in the frame. She exchanges a look with Tyler. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're just like, something happened. <laughs> <laughs> something and it's happened. It's really funny because like the end of Dino Charge was Shelby going with Tyler to go hang out with him when he goes to like find his father and then dino supercharge is like oh she went to school in in this off time as well at some point so something happened for sure something uh, happened yeah it it was one of those like you saw it <laughs> between the two i was like oh damn <laughs> Fun stuff. I love it when, like, you can see the on-screen chemistry between the Rangers. You hardly ever see that. It's very, like, treated like a five-year-old relationship. Unless it's, like, yeah. homoerotic. Then they're just using this subtext like crazy. I, Speaking I'm, of which... I'm glad, oh, they lean, I'm glad they leaned into it now, though. I mean, because it was a lot more subtle. I... I think earlier Power Rangers scripts were a hell of a lot more wooden than 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 this one. I some of the uh, I've seen some of Mega Force on you know you like a lo loose script in this. I mean the kids can't tell the difference, and I mean some of the older Power I, it, yeah it's it was a franchise that didn't know what it was doing as much, and it's nice to see that they've learned something now. Yeah, this is the season to say that though, because I still like Mega Force. Super Mega Force was like they treated. Uh, Gia and Megaforce Black and uh, Gia. That's were his name. There we go. <laughs> yeah, those two were definitely like a couple, but like he only ever got a kiss on the cheek. Hmm. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, uh, Red Ranger and uh, Silver Ranger were in a gay relationship that they could only say through subtext. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the story of uh, yeah, that's getting better slowly. Kind of. <clears throat> so, uh, this episode. This Are we talking episode, about episode two? Okay. Uh, episode two. Forgive and forget. Speaking of gay subtext, 
There's some stuff going on in this one. Now, just to reiterate. The way it's filmed. <laughs> um, Riley has confirmed before, uh, or, or has been confirmed as gay, basically. Uh, yeah, so we mentioned in a Dino Charge intro episode that Riley, the actor who played Riley, intentionally played him to be gay. Um, and also, like, read him that way, he said as well, like, in his comments about it. And I think that's important because a lot of the writing, it's just there already. <laughs> and this episode... This is like almost rivals the Riley and Chaser maybe uh, uh, having sex episode from last season. This like, is the most over. Damn. I think this is like. I don't know if this is more overt or not. I'm not sure. No, because think about all the sharpshooter shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, that one was hot like, shot. Wow. Remember hot oh, shot? Yeah. He kept calling him hot shot. That's right. <laughs> God, what an episode. Um. Anyway, this rivals that though. Um. So, um, the episode kicks off at the cafe, and Riley. Meets up with an old rival, Bert, by accident, not really on purpose. I mean, Bert's just eating at the cafe kind of thing, you know. Um, and Bert, first of all, the actor that played Riley, the actor that played Bert, conspired that Bert was also gay. <laughs> because from the first second, you could just, there's a vibe. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Bert keeps calling Riley Brainiac and making fun of him. And he's got these, like, two guys that hang out with him that are just, like, they just, like, laugh when he says stuff. He's like, yeah, I used to, I used to pound this guy into the sand after school, shove him in a locker and shit. Pretty cool, right? And his friends are like, yeah. And Riley's like, well, you, you don't know. You, I might... I might show you some stuff now. Um, and uh, he tries to use his green Energem to win an arm wrestling contest against Bert. And it seems like it's going to work. But then Kendall distracts him and is like, hey, get back to work. <laughs> this, we live in a don't say gay state, Riley. <laughs> Can't be having you do this on the clock. You're Duh. wrong. They didn't call me Brainiac because I was the smartest kid in class. It's because uh, I gave brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like he kept saying that he was always the smartest kid in class. I was like, when the fuck does Riley when the fuck is Riley the brainiac and it's not Kendall? Right? Like they kind of try to make Riley into a sort of brainiac character this season, but Riley is very much like He's the guy that's been, like, the smartest person in the room simply because, like, the rooms were too small. And now that he's in, like, a place where, like, Kendall and Shelby are, like, actually, like, building machines, he's just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good on this. I don't have to be the smarty pants anymore. This is fine. You know what? I'm a jock now. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is Riley's himbo arc. Yeah, that's a lot of confidence to be able to to transition from from that at that young age. You know, you typically it's typically like a mid to late twenties sort of glow up, but uh, we're seeing it in real time. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> 
they do seem um, i mean they do seem kind of like they they just seem a bit more mature than your typical like i don't know like i'm not really thinking power rangers in this necessarily i just remember some of the i mean stylistically this bore a lot in common with like some of the shit on nickelodeon that my sister would watch uh like victorious or uh, yes yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean but it, it, it the characters did seem i don't want i don't want to say more grounded but they seemed like more composed as as a I, you know they understand the reality of of being a ranger it's hard you know that they're still young i don't know it's rubbed off on them a bit you could tell that they're i don't maybe that's just I, my hormones have been raging this past call. I've, I've, I get nesting vibes all the time. So like you see, you see kids, you get proud of kids, even though if they're not your own. I'm 30. I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't view them as peers anymore. I view them from like their mother's point of view. That's, 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 that's my life now. <laughs> this episode really kind of blended the slice of life stuff with the tokusatsu stuff really yeah. well so eerily in fact it could be like it this could be like an mmpr season episode like a really good mmpr season episode right it had that classic feeling because as you'll soon discover a lot of this episode is about like kind of riley learning a lesson and also his bully learning a lesson to an extent but also like they don't overstate that like, if this yes. was a few seasons ago, especially, like, the Disney era, a lot of the seasons had this problem of, like, overstating some of the morals. And that definitely transferred to the first couple Neo Saban seasons, where if, if this was a couple seasons ago, then, like, at some point during the episode, Keeper would have been like, Riley, the Energem can't solve all of your problems. Some problems must be faced with the heart or some bullshit. Like... And instead, like, Riley just naturally has this thing happen where first it's the arm wrestling and then later it's going to be other stuff and he's going to learn some things. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned the after school special earlier. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those. It seemed like earlier. And maybe it's because the, these episodes didn't have as much kaiju footage. They just had more a bit more space to be more of a relaxed type of slice of life thing, as you were saying. Um but it also, yeah, it, it 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 didn't seem like there was as much moral posturing as, and maybe maybe that's just reflective of where this franchise is at, where they're not, you know, constant. The pitchforks are are elsewhere now. It's not like, oh my god, power ring. I mean, I remember we used to um, when I was little, like on the playground, you know, the cool kids. As hard as it is to believe now, the cool kids were the ones whose parents let them play, like, watch Power Rangers. You could play Power Rangers, and the losers had to watch Muppet Babies, which I think was on at the same time. Not that Muppet <laughs> Babies is a bad show. That was a, that was a sign of how cool your parents were, because it was, like, seen as this dangerous thing. I, and, and that had to have—I mean, that's kind of—that's what conservatives do with all—that's that's the point of the culture, culture war, is to make it stink about everything so that people walk on eggshells as much. So maybe this franchise is showing its age— and not not in a bad way, but in more like a more comfortable stride, stride kind of way, and not having to, you know, you can talk about bullying and that kind of stuff without, you know, the the principle. Uh, the I mean, my MMPR had had some pretty ridiculous, like like uh, authority, or the principal and then the teacher that was always there. 
and they're they're cartoon characters. So yeah. This felt a, this this felt more like a not to say it's realistic, but certainly more interesting from a television standpoint. Riley keeps getting the killer episodes. If he has another killer season, he's going to be one of the greatest Rangers of all time in our rankings, probably. <laughs> like, what, what a champion Ranger who gets such incredible character development. Um, but uh, there's some other stuff going on in this episode, so let's also talk about the other plot, because I feel like mostly we're going to end up talking about Riley and Bert. So I want to at least address <laughs> what else happens. Um, so Heckle's got this plan, um, to infiltrate the Rangers. Snide kind of has his own plan, and the plans start to clash a little bit, but then Heckle is able to use, uh, Snide's plan to his own advantage, uh, and, uh, starts to kind of, like, figure some things out about the Rangers, and that's, that's like the... Sort of the quote-unquote A plot, except really the B plot gets more screen time, so I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> Riley runs into Bert later um, out exercising, and there's this whole thing where Bert's going to be in a marathon in town, and uh, Riley's like, well, maybe I'll run in the marathon too. And uh, Bert's like, yeah, whatever. And Riley's like, hey, let's right now, you and me, first one over the obstacle wall wins. He lets Bert get, even get a little bit of a head start. And then his plan is to use the Energem to do a super jump over it. But he lands in a tree. And so Bert claims victory once again. Riley is feeling kind of worthless. Uh, then Heckle shows up. A monster shows up. It's uh, Stingrage, another previous monster, come back again. Um, which is cool, I guess. I don't know. Stingrage isn't as fun to me as Ice Age, so I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would agree with that. I haven't... A useful I, I, villain, though, to reuse, for sure. Yeah, useful villain, so I can see why he's back. And I'd rather, in some ways, they reuse a villain for... that's If they're going to like have a, a villain do the same kind of thing again. I don't know. Anyway. Well, uh, gonna, so, yeah, go well, ahead. If you're going to have to reuse a villain, you probably want to do so... In, a, in an episode that's going to be, you know, more focused on the actual characters versus, like, this, the Power Ranger formula, I mean, I guess it's probably, you know, with, with the beginning of the season, you know, you're not doing, like, 50-50 character development plot, like, Ranger-type stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you would probably want to reuse a, a villain in an episode like these. Yeah, so it's fine. Stingrage is back, and uh, Stingrage shoots Heckle with a thing that makes him lose his memory. Um, <laughs> and he uses that, or maybe loses memory. Hard to say. He uses that to uh, get the rangers to take him back to their base, figuring, you know, if I, if I get hit by this attack, they'll take me back to their base, they'll heal me, and then I'll regain my memories in their base, figure out where they are, etc. So the Rangers, although they're they're not sure if it makes sense at first, they're like, okay, we'll we'll take him back to our base, you know, try to uh, try to help him, and they do successfully help him. Uh, yeah, now he knows where their base is. There's a really funny moment before he gets his memories back, uh, where he's like, his hands are like talking to each other, and he's like having this like. <laughs> 
crazy person dialogue with himself. It's actually an amazing scene. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in the Power Rangers. Uh, in a yeah, while. That, that was funny. <laughs> like the hands are like talking about eating cookies or something. It's very inane in this way that just really works. And especially like the way that they just kind of pan over to him. And it's like he's sort of been hiding back there, like acting like a kooky person. I love it. I'm so here for that. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I mean, yeah, it's nice for them to show the the flair. I, I always prefer seasons like this to the one more like military type setup or there it, it's a weird position for these guys to be in. I I like that they're kind of showing off their that's probably really good for their mental health, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's fun and interesting. And uh just generally like just some good scenes here. This episode is solid. Um and Honestly, like, we didn't necessarily have to have Ian watch this one. Like, we could have said, eh, <laughs> it's basically a one-episode intro. But it just felt like you should see this one, too. Because <laughs> um, it's just, like, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, and there is, like, the unveiling of one important new season power. So, there is that. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, so Heckle takes off. He's like, all right, I know where their base is now. I just have to find a chance to steal the Energems because we, we talk, want to fight them all at once. Can we talk just for a second? I mean, you probably have talked about this in, in other uh, episodes about this, this, uh, it, uh, this, well, the, the, this two-season combo for Dino Charge, but the, the entrance to their base, the, like, Dragon Head, I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. It's great. My only complaint about it is that it's at the very front of an yes, obviously large warehouse. Yes, it, it 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 was it was. You're looking at it like, are you kidding me? Like, like just put it in the back corner. You can't even say that it's hidden in plain sight because hidden in plain sight implies hidden at all. Like that was just like it's 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 there. Right yeah, it's. <laughs> I was just laughing. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then they've got, yeah, it's... I, I you like feel this. like at least one 10-year-old has just found it by accident. You feel like a day where the <laughs> weather is, like, slightly inclement could trigger that, like, thing. Like, it really doesn't seem... I don't know. I it's 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 definitely fun. I mean, maybe they didn't... Don't want to have to, you know, rig up the rest of the set, uh, rest of that warehouse to film. I mean, you've only got so many warehouses. <laughs> you don't really. Uh, that's, those are pretty uh, unlimited. Anyway, sorry. I would have really loved a quarry or like an electrical plant for them to fight in. Yeah, why not an electrical plant? <laughs> <laughs> I felt very cheated. My 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 we one cheated. My one note would be quarry or electrical. I'll be I'll compromise. I'll take a quarry or an electrical plant. I didn't get either. Okay. <laughs> I did get I did get a very a very poor hidden uh hidden base entrance. It, it really it took amnesia for them to figure that one out. I mean that's it's this is classic. This is the mechanics of television at play here. I mean this is really. It's it. This is TV as it was. It's 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 nice to see all of this stuff just coming together. You don't. It, it's great. Yeah. So uh, Sting Rage 
produces a bunch more toxin and poisons the whole water supply to make everybody forget fucking everything. <laughs> the, this happens during the marathon. Now, luckily, Riley grew up on a farm and eats healthy, and so when he's offered random water, he's like, <laughs> no, I've got my home-filtered water. <laughs> It's been through my 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 six stage purifying filter. I'm not gonna take your random water when I have this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Heckle plays it pretty smooth here though, because he he doesn't like push. He's just like okay. He does, and play then it he really gets smooth. disappointed that he has to, you know, but he doesn't want to blow his cover. Yeah, that's it's tough. It's tough when you're trying to trick people with your poisoned Flint, Michigan water and that kind of stuff. You know, you need to be typically a Republican to pull that off. Or maybe I got too real there. <laughs> no, that's pretty <laughs> <for this> <laughs> <laughs> people are like, whoa, that got dark in. Oops, sorry. Yeah, that's uh what happens when you're trenching. I mean, it goes internet. to show that nobody really filters their water because like the whole town is at risk. From this poison water supply, and like yeah, just, everyone's just down, like down in this shit. Huh. So yeah, I mean, it's well, something to be said that like the people who are relying on tap generally, like this public does rely off of it. Okay, but so, maybe maybe this is exposing a different problem. Maybe we're just seeing a village where absolutely nobody, as opposed to like nine, just ninety five percent of the population. You know, nobody changed their Brita filter. That could be the real problem. Mm. Sponsored mm. by Pure. <laughs> you know, you really need that zero water. Yeah. yeah the stage. Purified. What's that new thing? The boxed water that people... I've been at... Yeah. I've been... It's... Oh, God. Then that... The, yeah, bo the boxed water and canned air. That's going to be... Yeah, that's... uh. We're we're really capitalism is taking us to new heights that I never thought we'd get. But you know what? It's Power Rangers plot episode, so I mean it can't be that bad. I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> I, I threw a lot out there. Sorry. I don't mean to derail you with. So everyone starts drinking the water and forgetting what the hell's going on. <clears throat> um, and especially when Bert forgets what he's doing, hyper competitive Bert. Riley is like. Come on, man. It's not really a competition if you're not participating. You're just going to rub it in my face that I'm continuing this race without you. And Bert's just like, who? Who? What? What's going on? And so Riley then goes to the base, if I remember correctly, to try and enlist Kendall's help on figuring out a solution for all of this. To which Kendall does the five-minute scientist approach, right? Of coming up with a solution that you use like a eyeglass cleaner spray with and you just spray people with it yeah you just spray people in the face she tests it on heckle first to which it works and heckle goes thank you for leading me to where your base is <laughs> and the last thing i remember is that you're power rangers and they're all like yeah that's, yeah. that's that's true. All right, let's go save everyone else. So at this point, oh, we forgot to mention there was one other really homoerotic moment before this because uh, 
all the guys on the Rangers team who just must know that Riley is gay wrote Run Riley Run on their abs and (laughs) show them off to him. Yeah, flashed him while he was running. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that was very cute. Homoerotic for sure, but... I mean, I really, I appreciate it. I appreciate the sense of uh, just sort of open camaraderie they have, whether it's, sub- I mean, it, it, there is a lot of subtext, but um, it's good. I mean, it's good. It's, I have a lot of high hopes for this generation. So if they're, you know, raised on Power Rangers, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, there is that, there is a sort of, uh, that open camaraderie that we like to see um, in these teams that, I think specifically with Dino Charge, you kind of get that they are all like best friends. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it comes off through this this run in particular. I was just gonna say when they get back to um fixing up the situation out there in the run, I believe Riley goes up to Bert, right? And Riley sprays bird after like bird contesting with him being like hey you don't just don't come near me all this other stuff riley's then able to end up spraying um bird with the antidote and it creates this sort of moment that uh, <laughs> is very interesting because there's a there's a back and forth between bert and riley and the camera angles that they use for a lot they of it. They out of their way to show that Riley is much shorter than Bert. Like, you did not have to make the camera angles like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, either they were rushed or, yeah, because I mean. No, that's- they were not rushed at all because wow. these lines linger in the. Yeah. For so long. The, the dialogue yeah. here gets spicy, too, because there's some points where you really think that they're about to say something else. I, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> uh, Bird is like, Bird is like, Riley, you know, back when we were in school, I just always was kind of jealous of you. And you're like, oh, that's what, that's what you're going to say? Jealous? Okay. Like, <laughs> it's very... It's like you just really feel like they're about to say, like, I'm hot for you at any given second. It's the tension is so real. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and the tension beautiful. gets realer at the end of the episode. Uh, but uh, before that, of course, there's a big old Zord fight. It's not that exciting. I don't know. It's pretty quick. It's pretty fast. It was a one shot. It was it was uh, actually it was probably the weakest moment of the show because Red Ranger gets a cool new superpower and then they all get cool new superpowers in the Megazord. And it ends up being this like one shot attack where the enemy doesn't do anything but take the hit and die. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, sometimes you have a date that's really, really good and they nut in like two seconds and it still was such a good date that like you don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) i'm not saying that happens that often but i mean it can happen it's it's nice uh i mean no it's not nice you want them to i I, i'm all about the zord battle i like a long sword battle i mean zord 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 battle 
Yeah, and I mean that was my <laughs> when 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 Kennedy was on my show and we were doing the season two of Mighty Morphin. I mean that was not a season that was marked with very good sword battles because they were a lot of no. like, one shots because of the way that all of them are, are all the camera angles and all of that. Uh, yeah, I, I would have liked in, in these two. I, I did find the Zord, uh, the Kaiju stuff very uh, underwhelming. But other than that, I mean, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, and not that Zords are an afterthought, but I mean, you really you got a tall order to do on a lot of. I mean, and and I mean, this is supercharged. So I mean, it's like you're you've already introduced the cast. I mean, they still have a lot to do. It's a big cast. I was so surprised that they even had time for the Zord battle because yeah. these scenes, like these conversations that are happening, specifically the homoerotic ones, like those scenes are like still shot, still shot. Still shot, still shot, back yeah. and forth, and like it's like line by line. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! It's not already at like the twenty-one minute mark here. This is crazy." <laughs> not to say that it was necessarily bad, but it was just like the way that the the slice of life was filmed in this episode was so like the subtext was so much here. Mm -hmm. between Bert and Riley that like you were kind of like getting lost in like okay wait there's a zord fight that happens right okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> i'm going to get do this slightly no this is actually in order i think so so the episode ends with basically uh heckle gets back to the ship and he's like we need to have a toast we're celebrating and of course one of his dumbass minions fills the glasses with forgetful juice. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny is they did this once before. Uh, I don't know what season you're talking about. I, it was... Um, which season had the little girl in it that was actually an old woman who wanted to be a little girl and chose that? <laughs> oh, uh, that's SPD, was it not? SPD mm. that happens, I think. Or some... SPD um, uh, emergency. Oh, where the uh, <laughs> main villain forgets. It was Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. The season finale for that. No, but there's another. It's the Gorgon a, Life. There is that, but there isn't. There's another Power Rangers episode from way back where this happened. So they've done this once before, but yeah. So the villain just literally forgets. It is. It is also. It's a Gorganus life, though. Um, <laughs> the <villain just> literally <laughs> forgets the useful information that they learned. Um, they all drink forgetful juice, and then Heckle's like, "Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. I'm gonna go take a nap." Um, <laughs> forgets where their base is and who they are. Convenient, <laughs> but whatever. It it, I mean, it kind of like they, they have they to do it that it. way to have a season. I know what? they kind of yeah. sell it. What is Power Rangers without Deus Ex Machina? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Considering that we had a, a Zordon is Jesus season. Yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. not wrong there. Not wrong. Um, so then the episode ends with Riley and Bert finishing the marathon in last place together. And <laughs> that, just yeah, that like holding each other and like. Uh. You You're my new her. best friend. You're so good. <laughs> I love you. I'm wait. Um, no, I, I didn't say that part out loud. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was romantic. 
I felt that. Um, it reminded me of uh, this one of my favorite YouTube videos. It's called something like "I am very comfortable in my heterosexuality," and one of the lines <laughs> towards the end of that video is, "If I was a weaker man, maybe I'd ask Gary to come over here and hold me until the sadness went away." Uh, it had those vibes. <laughs> I mean, they're, they they really are a great polycule, these Rangers. It's really, it's, it's, I, I would watch more of this season. Hell yeah. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but yeah, it's like between the scene of Bert remembering who he was, right? And that, the way that scene played out. And then you got this scene where he's like, you want to finish the race together? And he's like, actually, I want to help everybody. And he's like, oh, right. <laughs> I didn't think of that. You're so, you're so smart. You're so compassionate and just like, <sighs> you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, then that scene happens, you're like, holy shit. Like, th this is like a Smallville Flash meets Clark. Or like uh, this, there's like a scene. You can YouTube oh, Bart, it. It's like Bart, gayest yeah. scene in Smallville or something like that. Yeah, Bart, Bart where, Allen. Yeah, Bart Allen meets uh meets Clark Kent and uh in the you know, he has to leave for that episode to go do whatever, fucking forget whatever reason, and they send each other off and they like chase after each other. Yeah. <laughs> well in within DC comics it's a big uh like, you know, who's faster, Superman or the Flash. That was a cute way of doing that. Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... <laughs> um yeah, this is like those levels in in this here and it's it's pretty intense. I think honestly these two episodes kind of unconventional way to start a season, especially a super season, right? Like you didn't expect uh Dino Supercharge or Super Dino Charge. I know it I know you want to say Super Dino Charge. I know you want to say it. But I shit you not, it's named Dino Supercharge. Why? Yeah, I don't pretty, fucking know. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> Why? Because you got to be supercharged up for this season of Power Rangers. I would not be surprised if somebody just did the logo once wrong and they just kept it. That that seems like a Saban move. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that seems right in line, actually. Um. But yeah, unconventional way to start the season. Uh, let's go ahead and rate and review. Uh, Kennedy, do you want me to go first or you? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I feel like episode one was like 7.5 probably. It's solid and enjoyable, but also like, I don't know. It was a little bit slapped together. Clunky, yeah. Just clunky. Um, and that clunkiness did kind of add up at a certain point, but the stuff that was good was really good. And the stuff that was good was like mostly character stuff. And I, I definitely want to give props to like, they did a really good job of making that carry the episode in spite of, again, there's a bunch of characters that they're trying to put the spotlight on for a second. They managed to make it work really well. <laughs> um, episode two, that's a 10. <laughs> Sure, it has a few problems, but also the main problems are just like the Zord fight's a little boring, but it's also like 30 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, w if you're going to give me a slightly crummy Zord fight, make it that short, and I don't say shit. <laughs> um, on the other hand, this episode, it's funny as fuck. 
like the heckle moment where he's talking to himself with his hands about getting some cookies when he's lost his memory. That's literally one of the funniest things Power Rangers has ever done, in my opinion. Amazing scene. Um, the Riley and Bert stuff is incredible, but also like the actual like morals of the episode and the writing of the episode is smart. Like we said, it's not like a stupidly written episode. Uh, again, there's no scene where like someone drags Riley aside and is like, Riley, here's the lesson, which like, you know, you think back to Samurai, for instance, and every, everything in Samurai is over explained in toddler speak, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen so, that's the bulk season, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah I, I have, I've, I've seen some of that. Yeah, I'm gonna echo a lot of what you're saying. I am, <laughs> I guess. Uh, for me, episode one was more like a seven to me. I feel like the it get it gets lost a lot of the time. Um, the the clunkiness of the writing really showed a bit when they were trying to get characters to a certain point to match the Toku footage with the 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 regular actor footage yeah um it, also something it, it else was very drew, noticeable and like glaring i would say something else we drew a little attention to but i definitely want to make sure it gets mentioned is uh uh heckle's performance is not bad he's not a bad villain but it is a little inconsistent in these opening episodes it feels like the kind of thing that will probably improve so like, I'm not super worried about it as, like, the course of the season. The actor seems decent. The concept of the villain is fine. Uh, but that did detract, especially from episode one a little bit. It was just like, this this villain is a bit... To me, Heckle is such an interesting villain that I don't think it detracted at all. Just because we never really had a villain that was like this in Power Rangers, right? Um, Heckle... Heckle killing somebody episode one was definitely really cool. Uh, I think, again, a lot of the problems with episode one is just the clunkiness of the writing and trying to fit characters into certain places. Um, especially if you just paid attention to the episode, like, at least a little bit, you'll notice it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's very, very noticeable. Uh, the substitution technique. Listen. We watched an episode of Common Rider Zero One where they were talking about the true heart technique. And that was some shit. All right. With a sushi chef that uh, had a very specific flashy technique for doing sushi that wouldn't be revealed to the, the viewer. Um, in this case, could have gave it a little bit more effort on this one. <laughs> Just a little bit more, and yeah. I would have been satisfied. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not at a 7.5. I thought I might be, but I'm actually like at a 7. Um episode 2 is like an 8.5. There uh Bert I think is too annoying of a character. I don't I don't mind Bert the plot twist of Bert being gay is I think pretty fun and unique um in this particular episode, but I think Bert as the actor and delivering the lines and stuff kind of sucks. It's kind of stinky. Other than that, really fun episode, really great episode. Uh in the Zord fight. I think I think another thing too is like I was kind of pogged for the super powers. Like Super Mega Force had the obviously the Super Mega Force powers or whatever and all that other shit. But like 
even with um super samurai they had a sort of unique appearance where they all you know got like a power up or something like that i was kind of hyped up for the dino charge one to be something the red ranger power being like a a war graymon uh type move i thought was pretty cool but then the the zord fight with the super move kind of sucked it did have a digimon feel to it yeah 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 um we're going all out with the references on this one uh yeah uh really i think that could have been better on uh, on that front but yeah um honestly i had a really fun time i'm excited to watch the rest of the season for sure especially if they're gonna keep giving us episodes like two and uh even one with like better character development and stuff like that i think it's great i think another thing that drove that we didn't point out on episode one that i think detracted from it is coda Coda, I think, like, they gave too many lines to Coda, and Coda needed smarter dialogue. He needed Especially to be able to speak better. he had a season better. break, like, why is his English not improving at all at any uh, point? And it was very, he, he used a contraction at least once. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. It's inconsistent, too. That's the worst part. It's it was, highly it was, inconsistent. Yeah. I have not seen Coda before. It, I know he just won Best Picture. Actually, I... Have seen that one, that movie. Um, <laughs> uh, Ian, what, 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 what's your ratings for these episodes? All right, so I'm gonna dock a point on both for the Zord battles. That's just my mo. Um, not neither one I thought was that great. Uh, so I, my end results on both of them, I'll do a six and a half on the first. Uh, listen, I hadn't seen Dino Charge. I I watched the episodes that Kennedy gave me, uh, told me to watch. I did what I was told. I did the assignment. <laughs> I didn't. I was not an overachiever. I didn't watch the whole season before. I I could follow along. I you know I've I've seen a lot of bits and pieces of a lot of different episodes of Power Rangers. I could follow along. I got the characters. I felt as a as a viewer. I guess I mean I sometimes you get you you get pitched sequels and you haven't seen the original and. At, at frankly in entertainment you're supposed to and in power rangers specifically as like an episodic type show i know a lot of them have a lot of like longer running narratives and all of that you should be able to pick up first episode of a season and dive in i was able to do that and i'm happy happy that especially thought, a super season too like this is technically yeah. like a sequel season you know well, I mean, at the beginning of this uh, episode, when we were talking about, like, when I was talking about why network TV shows are going more long-running, it is smart for them to do something like Super, where they're kind of splitting the... Uh, they're getting some more mileage out of their characters. They're able to, they're able to benefit uh, on the good cast chemistry. And, you know, they're not... They don't need to switch it up absolutely every year. This is a smart way of doing things. And it, it worked. I, I think it... It was it was fine for me to like just jump in and I I, I felt like I understood what was going on, uh, and I, I like the sets. I, I, so it's a well put together show. Um, I, I was frankly impressed with the production values, which is rare for it. I mean, I, I was going into it on the Saban scale, but uh, still impressive. Um, and then the second episode was sweet. I give that an eight. Um. You can tell these are care. I mean, they've done good work. They've got good actors. That's what I care as a film critic. I want writing and I want good acting because you say, oh, good writing, so hard to find. No, it's not. It's not. The real answer is in Hollywood that idiots get far more chances that, than they, that they don't deserve and it's just a nepotism business and that's the way it goes. Good writing, guess what? You don't need to pay somebody $20 million to get a good script. 
you know, the people, the, the belief that this is an industry with like the Midas touch, all of that. No, I mean, good writing is frankly easy to find and good acting is easy to find because it doesn't, you don't have to go hire a big special effects studio to get it. So I liked that they have, I mean, not that the writing, a lot of your points that you made uh, on the writing is clunky. Coda's characterization is clunky. There is some clunky parts, but the actors are picking up the slack, which is appreciated. You know, I, I, I love campy, shitty movie, like action movies that are just like supposed to be dumb. They all 100% of the time hinge on how engaged the actors are. So that's what is really nice about this cast. So I enjoyed that. And I was able to, you know, in the 46 minutes that I spent with these characters, understand them and follow along and try to do my best to keep up with, you know, you guys are uh, way more in depth on a lot of this stuff than, than I am. But I mean, that's kind of the beauty of Power Rangers. You can, you can jump in, you, you know, we have in, in Power Rangers, in the fandom, all these different like segments. Uh, you can jump around. It's, it's fun. This is a, it, I, I liked the, we didn't talk about the score really, but the music was good. Not that you really need to talk about the score in a Power Rangers. Some of the songs are terrible. Um, it does matter. It does it matter. It does matter. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, this had like a retro feel, but also that what I really like is this, this was done for the kids. People tend to like their, the generation we, in DC comics, you, like your, your favorite Robin tends to be the one you grew up with. That's just generally a rule. Um, your favorite Power Rangers will probably be the one you grew up with. I think this current generation of kids, the ones who are going to be making podcasts like this in 30, provided we have a planet in 30 years, we're going to be in our position later on. I like passing the baton. Power Rangers is all about passing the baton. I think this generation is well served by, well, the generation five years ago was well served by that cast. I think they got a good, I think they got good Rangers. Hell yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Obviously, I think you and I both know that, uh, You'd probably be down to watch more Power Rangers, especially if it's good like this, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I'm never like a, you, you just, yeah. all the time, I, uh, old comic book fans will say like, it, they don't make them like they used to. And I'll say like, dude, I can name like 25 current writers in this business. So I would take over a lot of the people in the eighties. Like I read, I've read comic books from the eighties. Like, I don't know. I don't know what nostalgia, like, jacking off you're doing, but it's stupid. And all, all that tells me is that you're not engaging with the new stuff. Um, I think it's important, if you're going to be in a position, and you guys know this better than most, as as you you cover such a widespread of Power Rangers, you can't just you can't just say, oh, this is the best because it was mine, like, growing up. You have to be open to this new stuff. So going into it, going into the open new stuff... I mean, it's good. It's 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 a power. It's good Power Rangers for for the generation that they're growing up to. And I I I, I will always prefer Mighty Morphin, but I'm not like there were script. Uh, there were a lot of things that this has done that are better than the mechanics of the way that the, that show was produced. That was a trailblazer, but there's a lot of rust around the edges, and I think we all should admit that. Which is good. You can still love it, but it wasn't perfect. Um, and there might be a better season. I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen them all. I'm open to the idea that just because it, it's not the one that I grew up with, that it might be better. That's what brought up this podcast, or at least part of it. Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, what would you like to plug? Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much for having 
it's it's good. I, I, I said all. I'm not going to just repeat what I just said uh, in, in terms of uh, you. You guys probably want me to uh, heap more praise. It was it's it's good. It's it, I, I, this is such a you don't meet you don't meet bad Power Ranger fans. And we I think in talking and in getting to engage with some new stuff, we learn why it's it's a good fandom. There are some shitty fandoms. Um, Power Rangers is not one of them. Um, so to plug uh, my website's ianthomasmalone.com. I have my. I'm like the one person who's 30 who's on Facebook. I've got a huge following there. Um, I do a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine memes. I can credibly lay claim to being the most popular Thomas the Tank Engine memer in the world. Nice. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, oh, whoa. And it's like, you think I'm like, you think, you think like, it's true though. Um, uh, yeah, it's that's my I host the Estrada Illusions podcast. That's enough for me. I'm plug. I am all over the place. I could ramble on forever. Uh, but thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.